title of the message today is Wholehearted. Wholehearted. We're going to look at Psalm 86, uh, 11 through 13. Um, and this is, in a lot of ways, a two-parter, uh, directly connected to last Sunday. If you had to miss last Sunday, I would encourage you to look it up, cityharborchurch.com slash messages. Uh, we talked last week, we looked at the question of, is God worthy of praise? Is God worthy of praise? And I thought it was a very encouraging message. I, I might be the only one. I thought it was a very encouraging message. Uh, that God is worthy of praise. And that there's a lot to be happy about. There's a lot to be excited about, about who God is and how and why He loves us and what He does to love us. And if you had to miss it, you, you got to check it out because there's some stuff about Amazon reviews in there. So we're going to look at uh, Psalm 86, 11 through 13, and the topic is wholehearted. Uh, but first, I just want to talk a little bit about what this word means and kind of a relevant um, illustration. So some of you know that I really enjoy skateboarding, which is why it's easy for me to, as we have in the past, volunteer for the skate park right across the street and some of their um, events. And I was really excited to see them honored with a, a national, really international podcast interview and kind of spotlighting them this week. I thought that was really cool. Uh, but one of the first things you've got to learn uh, when you skateboard is how to ollie. Um, and ollie is a foundational trick. It helps you get up onto a curb, get over obstacles, and it's like the foundation that any other trick is based on. And that's why I have brought you a diagram today to illustrate how to ollie, because I know for all of you it is high on your list. Um, now, ollie is a trick where you um, jump with the skateboard, landing with both feet on the skateboard. And it's, it's tricky. It's difficult. And actually, in my experience, because I did work as a health insurance agent for a while, a lot of skateboard injuries are from people trying this trick who don't know what they're doing, um, maybe not quite healthy enough to attempt it, and also who try it not knowing what it is or how to do it, not getting a good explanation, uh, but they also try it standing still, which is one of the worst things you can do. Know nothing about skateboarding and try this trick standing still. So I want to just talk you through it just real quick. First of all, what you see is you need to be in motion. You need to be in motion. And you start with a downward motion. You almost like doing a squat. And you want to have your front foot, which I'm goofy footed, uh, which would be my right foot would be in front, in the middle of the board. And your back foot, which would be my left foot, on the tail, which now there's no difference between those and the tail and skateboard. So I'm dating myself right there. And so you start with a downward motion. And as you come up, you kick the tail. You kick down with that back foot, sending the board up into the air on the opposite side. Now, what a lot of people do is they don't get past this point. You have to then slide that forward foot 
forward on the board and you're actually shifting your center of gravity into the air. You're shifting your center of gravity onto the part of the skateboard that is in the air. And this is where it applies to the spiritual part of what we're going to talk about. You shift your way up to put your forward foot down on the skateboard to land the board. To You put your, your weight, you shift your weight into the unknown, into what you, where you don't know what's going to happen. You have to go wholehearted into this and shift your weight up and put that foot down. That front foot, you put it down with your center of gravity in the right spot on the board. That's a part of how, and for those of you that want to learn, I can help you. And there's some great videos on the internet and whatnot. But it is literally, you can't do it half-hearted. And I've seen lots of kids try and get hurt because they tried to ollie half-hearted. There are just some things in life that are not better when you give a half-hearted try. If you are afraid of failure, if you are nervous about the consequences, if you are focused on the negative and you go half-hearted, or maybe kind of like what I saw in acting, because uh, I was paid to, to act while I was a teenager and into my 20s, uh, became a job. I saw a lot of people that were like too cool for school. They were uh, a little bit self-focused, too self-absorbed, too worried what people were going to think about them. So they would try acting, but they would go halfway and they would look foolish. You have to go wholehearted. You have to be totally invested in what's going on in order for it to work. And the Ali is very much the same way. There are some things in life you've got to do wholehearted for them to work, for them to not be a disaster. Thank you, Pastor Ben. That was really meaningful. Here we go. Psalm 86, chapter 11 through 13. You see it on the screen for your benefit today. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. With all my heart, I will praise you. O Lord, my God, I will give glory to your name forever. For your love for me is very great. You have rescued me from the depths of death. Last week we saw that Jesus seemed to enjoy being referred to as the son of David. We saw that in Matthew chapter 21 verse 15. Well, I wonder why that is. Why would David want to be associated? Why would Jesus want to be associated with King David? David was the man that God chose, the quote, man after God's own heart in 1 Samuel 13, 14. To be a king with a heart for wholehearted worship for God. Which we see in 2 Samuel 6, 14. The personal relationship between David and God ran hot and cold. David loved God with all his heart for most of his life. It was a heartfelt experience and an example to millions. We read just how passionate and personal it was in David's cry for forgiveness and restoration in Psalm 51. At a time when Jesus was bringing about a new covenant agreement between God and all humanity, he could have invoked the name of any of Israel's kings, but Jesus chose David. A man after God's own heart. And what we see here is that he says, your love for me, God, is very great. He has received the love that God has for him that is greater than anything else. There's nothing better in his life than the love that God has for him. And so he responds in this way. 
Now, what we actually see, it says um, in that uh, in the New Living Translation that we had on the screen, grant me purity of heart, which doesn't really fully capture what he said in the Hebrew. And your, some of your translations will say, unite my heart. The word could be defined to, to be united, to designate exclusively, to concentrate. So in a sense, what David is saying is, God, help me. Please heal my heart so that I can worship you. The reality is, we will always struggle with doing anything wholehearted when we are broken. And brokenness is a part of the human condition. We will always struggle to do anything wholehearted when the Lord is not our shepherd. But we are consumed by, distracted by, fragmented by our own cravings and distractions and the things that we are giving too much focus to. It's a conflict, and it can feel like a conflict with the things that you enjoy. And Jesus spoke plainly. We have to forsake selfishness. Why would God ask us for this? Well, the Creator God loves you. And I actually believe that not only did God create us, not only does God love us, but that that gives God the right to tell us the best way of going about life. And that when God tells us the best way of going about life, it's for our benefit. It includes all healthy purposes for ourselves, for our families, for our homes, for our neighborhoods, for the greater good of all humanity. It includes the best results possible for all of those purposes. So we should pray, God, help me heal my heart so that I can worship you. Unify my heart is what David is saying. Unify my heart. Bring it together. Make it one heart, one healthy whole heart so that I can love you with the best of my energy. So we see in Jesus is asked, and we quote here in this church often, Jesus is asked about the most important of the scriptures that they had at the time. And we see Mark 12, 28-31, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your heart. It's a wholehearted thing that God asks for. Just quickly, I want to give you, and as usual, we'll be up online and in the notes, a lot of scripture that we see where God asks us to do things with all our heart. You're going to see all the scriptures on the screen. Many occasions of God asking us to love God with all our heart. Many occasions of God asking us to serve God with all our heart. Actually, we also have many occasions of God telling us to search God for all your heart. And turn to God with all your heart. So love God. Serve God. Search for God. Turn to God. All of those things with all your heart. Give thanks to God with all your heart. Obey God with all your heart. Make offerings to God with all your heart. This spiritual thing, this relationship, this personal relationship with God, we are told that for best results, the best outcome 
we should pursue it with all our heart. It's important. It matters. It's critical. It seems so simple. And it is, but it isn't. Are you with me? And I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute. So what do we learn? Well, God has shown us matchless love. The truth of the matter is, like it or not, believe it or not, no one has loved you the way that God has loved you. God has shown you matchless love. That's the cause. The effect, the result should be, we should love God with all our hearts. It's our reasonable response. It's affectionate and it's reasonable. So how do we respond? Well, first, ask God for help. That's what we see in this scripture. God, help me. Please heal my heart so that I can worship you. This, we make a mistake if we wait to get our stuff together before coming to God. We make a mistake if we feel like it's up to us. Having it together. How are we feeling and what are we thinking? Did we have a good week? That's not the basis of your relationship with God. Making a decision of your will, like the psalmist does here in Psalm 86, to say, God, help me. Heal my heart so that I can worship you. That's the path forward. That's the path of grace. That's the path of healing. Doesn't that sound good? So ask God for help first. Second, receive the love of God. So what we see in that psalm. He received the love of God and he recognized that the love that God had for him was great. There are few things in life that will change your outlook more than just studying the love of God for you. So that you can better understand it, so that you can better receive it, so that it can be a whole person interaction. So second, receive the love of God repenting as needed. Third, remove any obstacle to our wholehearted love for God. What is it that gets in the way? Remove it. Remove it. The fact of the matter is at the end of the day, you're going to do what you want to do. I've got this obstacle and that obstacle. Yeah, yeah. But they're not really in your way. You're going to do what you want to do. And I'm glad that you wanted to come here this morning. Remove any obstacle to your wholehearted love for God. Love God with all our hearts. And I want to say this. I think we make a mistake when we look at this as, oh, now I've got to do more. No. Actually, I want you to hear this today. I don't want you to do more. I want you to do less. And I want you to make good decisions about what you cut out. This is kind of like a hot air balloon. Saw an ad for a hot air balloon movie. It's been on my mind, but I haven't seen the movie, which is why it's probably still on my mind. Have you ever been on a hot air balloon? I got to go on one of those where they like keep you with a rope on the ground. You only go but so high, but still, I was a kid. And it was like, wow, you're so crazy. Hot air balloons 
Use a gas flame to fill the balloon with hot air, right? That's why, how it rises. It, once the air inside reaches a buoyancy point, like this is not a time for science in that respect. But the way that it deals with gravity is by weight, right? I'm not asking you to add stuff to your hot air balloon. Hello? I'm not asking you to strive. I'm not asking you to struggle. I'm actually asking you to let go. Do less. I'm asking you to just come to God and just be. Just be in His presence. Receive God's love. And respond to God's love. Now that may mean that you should do some other things less. I got news for you. Netflix doesn't love you. They got a business relationship with you. Whatever you're streaming, your employers, they don't love you. It's a business relationship. God loves you. Now, he created you with purpose that should include vocation. You should find fulfillment in, and you can enjoy it. I love stories. I, I, love, I love watching stuff, right? You know, it, it's fine to enjoy things. But let's just not get it twisted. It's God who loves you. It's God who's waiting on you, who enjoys being with you, like who you really are. I learned something. God doesn't just enjoy me when I got my stuff together, when I'm doing everything right. Now, he doesn't want me to continue self-destructive patterns because he doesn't want me to be in pain. God loves you. He loves you. And our reasonable response is to love God in a wholehearted way. Let's pray. Lord, as humans, we find this difficult. We confess that we get distracted. We do the wrong thing. We say the right thing. We don't do the right thing. We don't say the right thing. We get distracted by things that please us that are less than you. We confess that we don't put you always on the highest priority. We don't always love you in a wholehearted way. And we ask, would you please forgive us? Would you please heal our hearts, unify our hearts, so that we can love you with all that we've got? Lord, would you heal us and strengthen us, enable us, Lord, that we choose to love you, that it would be enjoyable, it would be exciting, we would have new perspective as we go into this new year. I thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, we're not done. I have a little more that I want to talk about this morning. Can I get a little help? Let me make sure that each person has one of these. So, we like to start off the new year with three weeks of a time of dedicated prayer <clears throat> for your benefit. All year long, we have a book available free of charge called Fasting. It's about a spiritual practice that we see all throughout Scripture that actually there are many medical books that talk about the benefit of. 
and a wide variety of celebrities from Jimmy Kimmel on down the list employ a practice of fasting just for its medical benefit. Hippocrates, who wrote from which the Hippocratic Oath that doctors take, what wrote at length about the benefit of fasting. Now, from a spiritual perspective, if you direct your attention to the screen, just look at the screen real quick. I'm going to talk about what fasting in a spiritual perspective means. Going without food and maybe something else. So that we can be more focused on God in prayer. So here's what I'm suggesting. For those of you that pay attention to our communication, you've known that this has been coming starting today for a long time. Starting today, I want to invite us as a church family together to skip a meal. And if you've never tried this before, just start with one meal. And instead of eating, take the same amount of time and energy to pray. And remember what I'm saying. I'm asking us to do less. So don't stress pray. Rest in God's presence. That sounds weird. Let's explain that. What about having a moment of silence to just think about the fact that if you're a Christian, you're saved. That if all nuclear war breaks out, what happens? We go to heaven. What's the worst that can... Just, how about we just rest in our salvation? Okay, you're not perfect. God knows that. You've got to sin, confess it, receive forgiveness, come to a state of peace. Have a moment of silence to rest in your salvation. Many, many ways to get worship music, put on some worship music, listen to it. Don't stress pray. Don't work harder. Do less to be in the presence of God and to have honest conversations with God. Now, for those of you that have done this before, I'm asking whatever your normal practice is of fasting, that you take it a step up. So if you normally do one meal a day or one day a week, that you increase that. Two meals a day, whatever your level is, increase it, okay? And I want to propose to you, as you heard Chiquetta share in her story, that if this seems crazy, start with something small, like if you normally get home from work and you put on a show, don't put on the show, spend time, the same amount of time in God's presence. Holy back out, that's four hours. Well, maybe there's a conversation we should have. (laughs) So maybe it's fasting social media. Whoa. I mean, there's actually science that that's a good thing. Just saying. Maybe it's whatever it is. For me, like, I enjoy music of all kinds. I have to have seasons of the year where I don't listen to music of all kinds. What is it that you're consuming? During the worship time, we prayed about what we're looking at, what we're listening to. What are you consuming? And I want to invite you to pray and ask God what He wants you to do. Because here's the thing. If you do it because you feel pressured or I suggested it, you're going to hate it and it's not going to be good. But if you pray about it and you make a decision between you and God that's for your reasons and it's meaningful between you and God... It means something to God and there will be a benefit to it. Making sense? So, 
Jaqueta also referenced Matthew chapter 6. Jesus, a lot of people know the Beatitudes, blessed are these people, blessed are those people, but they don't actually notice there's three things that Jesus talks about that every believer should do when you give, that's money, when you pray, and when you fast. And what he says for all of those is that it's not for show, it's for your spiritual focus. Seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33. And he says, don't worry. Jesus was a reggae star. Don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. And, and when you give, when you pray, when you fast, it's a private discipline, and it's about your personal interaction with God. That's what it's about. So, here's some questions. Take out your phone, take a picture of this screen. I want you today to look at each of these questions in some private time with God in prayer, and for yourself, for your benefit... Come on, take out your phone, take a picture of the screen. For your benefit, answer these questions. Why am I choosing to spend time in fasting and prayer? What will I be praying about? Write a prayer list. I mean, it's, a, a 60 seconds of silence should give you a quick list of stuff that needs some attention. What are you going to pray about? What specific meals will I be going without? Make a plan. If we don't make a plan, it's not going to happen. What specific meals will I be going without? What activities will I be doing without? So again, hear me. I'm not asking you to do more. I'm actually, seriously asking you to do less. Rest in the presence of God. Let's come to a state of peace. There's a lot of benefits for this. It helps remove spiritual clutter. It helps you become more spiritually alert to just what is driving you, to just what is directing you, to how much control your cravings have over you. There's a ton of benefit. What should happen is you should come to some clarity. Now, I believe that God has been speaking to me about this month for months. I've been praying about this for months, and so we're going to do some things that we've never done before in January. And I want you to hear me. If you call me your pastor, I believe God is telling us to do this. I believe it will benefit you. So, 21 days of prayer and fasting from June 5th to the 25th. Instead of life groups, we're going to meet here Thursday night, 7 o'clock, for worship and prayer. The 9th, the 16th, and the 23rd. We're not doing life groups in January so that we can do this. And God's given me a specific plan for each of those nights. Each of those nights we're going to do something unique, something that we've never done before, something that will benefit you. Do you hear me? Each of those Thursday nights we're going to do something unique, something we've never done before, something that will benefit you. So prayer and worship, that starts when? In just a few days, this coming Thursday night. Now, we're going to finish Sunday 26th with a fellowship meal at a party. It'll be the ninth anniversary of the church. We'll do our anniversary party and have a vision Sunday. We're going to talk about the things that God has done that have been amazing in us and through us over the past year and the things that we are excited about doing in the year to come. That's going to be Sunday the 26th. Mark your calendars for that party. I think it's going to be good. Do you? 
Now, in the handout that you received, you've got a print calendar uh, that includes some stuff for January and for February. We're excited about our youth snow tubing event that's going to happen in February. Last year, we had 31. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, you also have a bulletin, which has some explanation of what we're doing. And then you also have this handout. And on this handout, and if I have your email address, you're going to receive by email, and you already have, each day has a simplified for your benefit because I'm not asking you to do more I'm asking you to do less a simplified prayer with three scriptures that you can read for each day of the 21 days you've got to imprint you have it digitally it's on the site you'll receive it in email and through social media for your benefit will you stand with me please this morning I believe That God is raising the spiritual water level of this church. And I believe that it's going to benefit you. I believe you're going to come out of it stronger, happier. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think it's going to be good. And I believe that God is building strength in us and through us. That God is giving us an opportunity to be a part of a turnaround in this city. To be strategically connected with thousands of believers in this city that are going to be a part of a turnaround. It's going to be personal. It's going to affect your personal life. It's going to affect your home. It's going to affect everywhere you go. Everything that you see. It's going to be unprecedented. I believe it. Let's close in prayer. God, I thank you that you are not limited, but you are limitless. That you are creative, that you're faithful, and you've got something new every morning. I thank you that you love us with a love that is great. Help us set aside the things of the flesh, the things that are complicated and carnal, and help us to be focused on you, to rest in your presence. In the name of Jesus, amen.